0: Welcome to this workshop. I'm Julie. I'm a critical level food addict and your your moderator for this session. Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. The format for the session is as follows. We will will have three speakers for 20 minutes each, followed by 15 minutes of questions and answers, finishing up with 15 minutes of open pitches. The session is being taped, so you will need to find the tape release form if you are sharing. Please turn off all cell phones for the duration of the meeting, and remember that it is against our tradition of anonymity to take photos during the meeting. The topic for the session is the how concept, and our first speaker is Sue.
1: everybody. My name is Sue. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm actually going to tell you about how and my experience of it and and so this is my experience with how and I don't speak for how as a whole or OA as a whole Um, and um, let's see um, what how stands for is honesty, open-mindedness and willingness to listen and I'm sorry. How stands for honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness to listen. And um, can you hear me? Otherwise, it's okay. Um, how program? What it is? It's a disciplined, and structured approach to to the 12-step program. And um, it's what I needed when I came to um, finally came to how. I've been in in OA for um, since 1999. I'm 1990. I'm sorry. I've been in how since 1999. Um, and what it gave me was a structure that I didn't have around food, and then around life in, in general. And um, I'm, I'm very, very grateful to this program for all the all the uh, miracles I've received in it. Um, so uh, my story is basically I, I'm a compulsive overeater who has been eating since I was, you know, since I was a child. I used food to get through everything. Um, I was a, I was a victim myself all my life. Um, nobody wanted to hear me. Nobody nobody saw me. Um, and um, I ate because I uh, you know feeling that way. I, that's why I ate. Um, I came into OA um, after eating just the uncontrolled eating and not knowing what to do. Um, and when I came in, I, I you know I, I at that time I was doing the, the program as best. uh, to the best of my ability I had a, I had sponsors, um, there was sort of a little food plan I was trying to follow Um, but it wasn't, it took me those nine years to, to have hit another bottom. I don't, I guess the next bottom might be what someone said last night, it might be death, I don't know, this one for me um, after nine years of of not getting anywhere and feeling at the, you know, by 1999, I was eating again after many relapses. I, um, I just prayed to God. I, you know, what am I? You know, with, there's nothing else I could do. I've done everything I thought. And um, after that prayer, I went to. I made a commitment to go to a therapist, that I would go to the, another um, another OA meeting and um, find a sponsor again. And that OA meeting, I met a sponsor that. Oops, sorry. I met a sponsor that. Um, was in the HAL program and she said she would sponsor me but I would need to come to a HAL meeting and um, and follow the program. And I was really desperate, you guys, and I would, I, I said, you know, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And um, it was quite extensive um, what I had to do and it, it really, it turned my life over in that I really started working with the 12 steps and, um, and living them to the best of my ability and, um, and what I learned through the, the in doing these steps and and working with my sponsor and, and doing the How program um, is that I am responsible for my own happiness and and you know. Today I, I like I choose my happiness and I am happy today. I have a really good life and, I'm, and i and I credit that to to God, my higher power, and to to working the 12 steps of OA. Um, so the structure of How is. Again, working the 12, 12 steps of VA and using the tools of the program on a daily, um, daily basis. And the, the tools are uh, food plan, sponsorship, uh, literature, writing, telephone, anonymity, and service. And in every meeting that I go to, um, we read those, those tools and how we use them and how. And um, so I'm going to kind of break down how I, how, how I understand these, these different tools. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you how how I do this when I get to sponsorship. But uh, first of all, I'm going to go through the food plan um, see. I needed a food plan to be abstinent, and I thought for the first nine years that I could still eat sugar and be abstinent, and I could be one of those, the people that can eat all day and still, you know, and be abstinent, and, and no, <laughs> it wasn't for me. And the, the, when I came to how I was given a food plan, it doesn't include sugar and white flour and, um, but it's a very nutritionally sound food plan so I couldn't, didn't have any, I couldn't complain about it or make, you know, say, I can't do that um, and by following that food plan, I weigh and measure my food. That's that's another requirement by my sponsor that, that I, my my sponsor requires me to, to follow the food plan, weigh and measure my food and, um, Stay away from binge foods, and to you know, and to follow follow the food, you know, use the foods that are on the plan. And what I found by doing, I ate three meals, only three meals a day, nothing in between except sugar, except sugar, boop, <laughs> except, <laughs> except except sugar, except sugar-free, and zero no-calorie um, drinks and Diet gum. So I spent the first month drinking uh, Diet, you know, the no-calorie uh, iced tea and um, Chewing gum like crazy, and um, luckily I don't do that anymore because that felt that started to feel a little weird too. But but it got me through, and those getting through those three, just getting through the day only eating three meals, it, it was painful. But I'm glad it's, oh, and I'm glad that part of the pain is over with. But it was it was hard for me, and um, I I would cry and you know, but my I had a sponsor there. I had to tell I can go to the meetings and hear everybody else was doing the same thing that I was doing and they all saw the benefit of what I was doing. So, and I knew it worked because I saw other people um, who had abstinence and were happy um, on this food plan. And um, what it, what I also, the, the, what one of the really big um, gifts for me was the clarity of mind that I got, and I believe it was from going off the sugar and the white flour. To me, I likened it, I just thought, well, I never, I never took drugs, but it felt like, well, maybe that's what, what it would feel like if I went off drugs because I felt just really clear-headed and I had lots of energy and my house was really clean and and, and it was just it was just a wonderful experience and I and I've kept that clarity and I, I really you know I really um, it, it's important it's important to be, for me to be clear in, in, you know in life and, and in and in my relationships and it's helped a lot um, sponsorship uh, I believe is a two-way commitment and my sponsor is there for me. Um, as long as I show up and, and do what I need to do, and that is to follow the tools, you know, do the writing, follow the food plan. Um, I've had slips, and um, you know, if, having her there to lead me back was was really important, and to listen to why and, and the wherefores and the and the you know, the, you know, just getting me through. And, and I, I value my sponsor. Um, I respect her. I respect her time. I respect her program. She had what I wanted so and that's why I I chose her. She still has what I want and um, and um, let's see. uh, Oh, I wrote down requirements versus suggestions and it was told to me that it's, you know, we can suggest that we, um, you know, that we could suggest that we do the tools. We can suggest that we you know, we do the things that we need to do, but it's the same like a suggestion of pulling the ripcord, you know, when you're jumping out of an airplane, make sure you <laughs> pull the ripcord, you know, and, and you know what? For me, that's what it is for me now because if I don't do these things and I've proven it to myself, I'll go back to the food and then I believe I won't be here um, and I, won't, I know I won't enjoy life as I do today. Um, and having my sponsor, I wouldn't do these things on my own. I wouldn't go to meetings. I wouldn't, I might fight her. You know, every once in a while, I start, you know, fighting her, and I don't want to go to three meetings a week. I only want to go to two. And you know, she's right. What she says, has told me, and she hasn't hasn't failed me. And, and um, let's see, uh, let's see. And my sponsees, I do sponsor. That's part of what I need to do for my program. Um, they share their recovery with me, and that's what that's the value of sponsor, sponsees for me. Is um, I know I'm not alone. I I'm doing a service. And um, they're show, they're, they tell me things that I wouldn't have thought of in, in their recovery. Um, literature and writing, we have th- uh, 30, days, 30 questions yeah, to do for the first 30 days of, um, of starting the program. And um, it's required in by my, my sponsor that I be abstinent when I answer the questions and um, I wasn't that first month, I ate a box of cookies. I thought that I, you know, I I had to try one more time to see if I could really do that and get away with it. And and, um, when I I was answering those questions, that's what happened. It was near the end of the month, and um, so what I had to do was stop those questions, and we have questions for slips, and um, they're not a punishment. I didn't feel like I was being punished. Um I looked at it like I was going to college, the college of how to how to um, how to be abstinent. Um, and it was it was an attempt, I looked at it as an attempt to get serious and to be disciplined about staying abstinent. and that's that just really helped me and, so, and, it's, and it's something that we do if we if or I do you know if I, if I did slip again, I was to go back to the to the slip questions. Um, so once I had my, my abstinence back again, um, it, I, and if, I think at that time it was how many days, if it was in the first 30 days that you slipped, that you had to go back that many days and do slip questions. And that was fine, and, and I did it, and it got me back on, on track, and the, the 30 questions that we, first 30 questions we answer are on steps one, two, and three. And it takes you through um, through them in that amount of time if you want to keep, you know, go, go through it and, and quickly you can do it in 30 days. And they are, um, they're very popular apparently. I guess they're not just used by how people that um, other people in the program use them. And um, it's where I had my spiritual experience um, that I realized I wasn't, I, I wasn't unique that I was, um, I had an addiction the same as a, a, an alcoholic has addiction to alcohol and drug, drug addicts have addiction. And I always thought I was above that and I'm I'm not. And and and, um, we read out of the AA and OA literature, we do four steps and fifth steps. I did my fourth step um, with my sponsor. It's a very extensive, very in-depth, you can't really hide anything. So I I learned to be honest in in doing those, you know, mostly during the fourth and fifth steps. And for me, what I did is I did it, I answered a question. We do a lot of, answer a lot of questions. There's a lot of writing in our program and it's, it's a lifesaver for me to do that, to have that. And so I answer a question um, every day with her and um, at the same time, I felt that I was giving it away. So that was also my fifth step because that's what the fourth and fifth steps are. And um, learned a lot about myself. Um, I had done four steps before but not not like this. Um, And then we go on and we have steps 6 through 12 that we answer questions on and we have maintenance questions. And so I was, as I was on my, uh, I was abstinent for the first time um, for a long time. I'd been abstinent for a short period of time, but I was abstinent um, for three years before I had a a slip. And um, so I, um, what was I going to say? I was doing that all, I, I was absolutely losing, losing the weight. I, I lost uh, 50 pounds in um, about eight months and I didn't lose it, I released it, it's, I don't want to find it again. I don't want it back <laughs> so um, I could stay lost um, and so I was able to, to work these steps with, with a clear mind and that's an important part for me is um, I, like I said I had worked spent nine years I worked in another program trying to um, you know work on relationships and work you know but I was still eating and so I don't I feel like I was stunting my own re- recovery and and okay sorry okay I'm going to go on because I'm running out of time the other writing is 10 step writing and that's when a crisis comes up in my life so that I'm, I'm I've worked through the 12 steps but I'm still I go back and and I work uh, the steps again, but the 10-step writing is something that, that I do. Um, I try to do uh, daily, but I don't really get to it every day. But also that uh, when a crisis comes up in my life, and basically uh, what, what, what that is, is my sponsor um, has me write on what happened, what, um, how I feel about it, and what my part is in it, and that's where I, I learned to be really honest and, and realize there's two, two sides to every story. Um, anonymity. I'll quickly. I may not make through all of these because I realize I've, I've talked too much on that, on the other ones. But um, anonymity. I just. I went and looked. It says in the in the writing in the, in the 12 and 12 of AA, It says being anonymous at, at uh, the public level of communication. Um, That's important. That I am. I. You know. That I don't. I don't tell my last name. I don't. I don't show my my face in a photo. Um, and mainly, it's so that the, it's about the program and not about me. And then anonymity is, is being a spiritual foundation of all our traditions. And I am, I am one of many recover, recovering compulsive overeaters. So I, again, um, I, I shouldn't want to or I don't want to be, to stand out in, in, in the crowd. I want to be a part of everybody, a part of you. And then privacy of members um, in meetings, we, I don't tell people. I don't tell people that, that. When I meet someone outside, I don't say, "Oh, I, you know, what, what does it meeting you're going to go to in front of their family or whatever." And um, and I also protect their shares in meeting by not by not gossiping. Um, telephone, not my best uh, my best suit, and because um, I isolate, to me, this telephone just weighs you know 50 pounds. You know that's me. That's where my weight went. I don't know what's you know lifting it up, but I do I do make my outreach calls. Um, not not uh, on a daily basis anymore, um, but I, I do talk to my sponsor, my sponsees every day. But uh, when I do talk to people on the phone in our program, I just get, I just get a, a charge out of it because these are people doing what I'm doing, and it strengthens my program. I go to three meetings a week. Um, it's where I hear recovery, and in how meetings, uh, there's a lot of physical recovery, and for me, I needed to see that. And um, but there's also the spiritual and the emotional recovery is there. Um, And and, uh, let's see, service, um, I'm this, I see this as service, Um, I uh, I started service early. I had to go and and do service the first 30 days. I think I did literature, I'm not sure what I, what it is, maybe I just set up the meetings, I don't remember, but um, I also, after 30 days of, of abstinence, I took a secretary position. That's based on my, I have a sponsor that is my, she pushes me along. And I have, outside of meetings, I, have, I sponsor, I've been an intergroup rep, an intergroup chair, and I'm now the region two rep for our meeting. Okay, and just quickly, I want to say that um, I wanted to give you just a little short experience of I had in, in 2002, and that's that I have, I'm a cancer survivor. In 2002, I had surgery for colon cancer and um, I feel I'm here today because I have my weight and my weight and my body, um, the help of my body by being abstinent on a food plant. Um, I I, I bounced back really fast and I've had two, I've had another surgery since then. I bounced back really fast. I'm the one that's motoring around the hospital. Um, And what it got, how it helped me is it got me through is my time up? Oh, okay. Sorry. No.
2: <laughs> what it, got, it got
1: me through doing what I learned up until then um, got me through. And, I'm, I, and that's why I think I can stand here today and talk. I don't know where. I, I think I'd be back in the food. I'd be, you know, full of self-pity. And I was full of self-pity and at that, you know, when I found out. It was like, why? Why me? And, you know, woe is me. And I'm going to die. I was certain I was going to die. But um, I had a, a, a kind friend who said, "You don't, you don't know, want when, when the food looked really, you know, chocolate in particular looked really good." I, I, she said, "You know, you don't want to be after after this is over," which gave me hope. After this is over, you don't want to be struggling with the food, and you want you don't want to be back where you were before. And she was right. And um, so that it wasn't a fun time. Chemotherapy is not is is difficult, and our if, in being on a food plan. I was the person, though, that the doctor was surprised I was the one that gained weight. <laughs> because I've lost a lot of weight during surgery. I'm the one that gained weight um, during chemotherapy. So that's because I'm a compulsive overeater. (laughs) And I had no problem eating my three meals a day. Um, It doesn't matter what I feel. I I eat and I I need to eat and it gave me the the nutrients also that I needed. Um, So, okay, I'm almost done. Um, Gifts that I got. through the, that experience and into, I have more, more, everybody has their story. I have more experiences that I think I would have had a nervous breakdown and fallen apart if I didn't have the, 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 the strength that I get by working the program. And it's it's how I show up for, for life and, and to God and to everybody else as I work my program. Um, the gifts, um, I wrote total reliance and acceptance of God's will in my life. And I have to do that now. and, and I. I I don't know if that's why I got cancer, but that's why I took from it is that you know, hey, I have, I may have one day. I don't know how many days I have, and I want to, I want to enjoy life, and I also want to, want to enjoy the people and have them enjoy me in life. And um, I have a new and more personal relationship with my higher power. I really didn't have one, much of one. It was more like, you know, do this for me, and you know, and then I'll be happy, even I have to do certain things, and acceptance and, and enjoyment of my life and the, and and the people that are in it. Um, and then, let's see, I, my, I live by the philosophy of the 12 steps and 12 traditions. I'm free from food obsession right now. At this, this moment, I'm talking to you, and most of the time I am. Um, and I keep using the, the, the tools of the program to stay physically, emotionally, and spiritually fit to the best of my ability. And life is good. And thank you for listening to me.
0: Thank you very much. Um, I'd like to remind everyone that the Ask a Basket is going around. Please put your questions in, and um, after the end of the three speakers, we'll have the questions and answers. I would like to introduce our second speaker. It is Laverna. Welcome. Good
3: Good morning. Good morning. My name is Laverna. And I'm a compulsive overeater. I have some pictures I'd like to share, if you all would like to look at those while I'm speaking. Uh, I've been in OA since 98. I've been here eight years. I went to regular OA meeting. I'm from Marin County. And um, I did a lot of service in the beginning because I needed to get into the program. My story is I have been in every diet club that they made. I have spent thousands of dollars trying to lose weight and I always lost 50 pounds at least but when I got to the point to where I couldn't afford it anymore or um, some other hardship would come along I had to drop out of that program and then gain the weight back and then find another program. You know, I did everything. Um, so I was at the, uh, the regular OI meeting one day in Puerto Madera and a lady came to the meeting and she was talking about the HOW program. And she was losing weight and it was melting off. And I thought, well, I think I need to find out about that. So I found the program and I went to the meeting. Uh, One of the problems that I had when I first started OA was finding a sponsor. The regular OA meeting, there was a lot of people in the room, 40 or 50 people, but there was no one available to sponsor. And it's like you can't get your program started without a sponsor. When I went to the HOW meeting, it was about 25 people in the room and about 20 people were sponsors. That was very impressive. So, uh, I went to the meeting, I found a sponsor, I got a food plan and uh, did the weighing and measuring my food, I did the 30 questions, I had wonderful sponsors and and what I had to do was they, you get a a list of all the sponsors uh, for that type of meeting and I started calling. I started the, the A, then I went to Z, then I went to B, then I went to X, I'm doing the last names or the first names or however it was and I finally found someone named Sarah. And she agreed to be my sponsor. I had never seen her or met her. She lived in a different county than I did, but she worked with me, and I lost my first 80 pounds. Um, It was a wonderful experience. Uh, We had a phone call every morning, uh, and it was uh, everyone that was doing the same thing. What I found in the HAL program, and I guess I needed a type of a regiment uh, because I grew up in a parochial school where you didn't have many choices, you know, it was either this or that and I needed that in this program. Everyone at Howell was doing the same thing. So you didn't have to worry about going to the meeting and maybe somebody shared on they had this to eat or that to eat and you thought, well, what is that? Well, I, I don't get that. Well, no, everybody was doing the same thing so this is what I needed was that structure and uh, it really, really helped me. I um, did the first 80 I went through um, a period of, uh, I guess you call it a plateau but I decided this is the program. This program is free. doesn't cost anything. I haven't spent thousands of dollars trying to lose my weight and I've lost quite a bit of weight. And uh, I said no matter what, I'm going to keep coming back because this is it. I'm going to be persistent. And what I found in the combination of weighing and measuring my food, having my like three meals a day, Drinking my water—that was part of my abstinence. Doing my exercise, some type of movement every day—that was part of my abstinence. Attending the meetings, uh, three meetings plus a week, as many as I could get in—that was part of my abstinence. Uh, Using all the tools, reaching out on the phone, and and giving service—all of that was part of my abstinence. And I guess everyone has a different abstinence, or what they name the abstinence. It's not like you, you have to do this, and of course abstain from flour and sugar. Uh, That was a big thing. If if you can abstain from flour and sugar, you will lose weight. And if you move your body, you will lose the weight. So um, I went through a plateau for about maybe a couple of years that I was just kind of stable. I didn't lose any weight, but at the same time, I was going through a lot of life changes. And I guess it was just the stress. You know how you think you're not stressed, but you might really be? I think that's what happened to me. As soon as I got through that major life change, the weight started coming off again so um, I, uh, I have a lot of children, I have eight children, I have 27 grandchildren and uh, in me being in this program, I'm teaching them how to eat uh, the right types of foods, how to uh, know that there's more to vegetables just than just corn, potatoes and green beans because usually when we had a family dinner that's what was on the table And my children began to learn what I had to eat. So we have family dinners almost every week at somebody's house. We rotate that too. And uh, so they knew what I needed, and they knew that if they didn't have it, I was going to bring my own food, which I I have done a few times. You know, my daughter says, gee, Mom, we cooked all this stuff. How would you bring your own food, you know? And I I says, well, I don't know what kind of sauce you have on that chicken. It's not the the chicken or the lettuce that's going to get you. It's what they put on it, you know? And, and I would. I didn't have a problem with that. Have you all seen the commercial? Um, I haven't seen it in a while, but the lady is at the restaurant and they with her girlfriends and she whips out a bottle of salad dressing. Have y'all? I, I do that kind of stuff and I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> and I will, and my kids get so embarrassed that I says, hey, this is my life. No one's going to force something down my throat that I know is not going to have. I'm not going to be cute in front of my friends and say they're eating it so I have to. No, I don't. This is my body. This is my life, and, and as I mentioned before, I have all these grandkids. Well, I wanted to live to see them uh, grow up, graduate, go to college, uh, get married one day maybe and all of that. Um, my mom passed away at the age of 58. She had had six heart attacks. It was all due to weight. By the time she died, she had lost down to a size 14, and, but her heart was already damaged. So I was going in the same direction and I've made a right turn and decided I need to do something different here or else I'm going to be doing the same thing she did and I want to live to see these, this family of mine grow up. So I got, that was, that was my motivation for staying on this program um, is, is the um, big phone, huh? That, that was my motivation for staying <laughs> on the program. So um, that's what I did and uh, no matter what, I kept coming back, kept coming to meetings, I did service. Um, Right now, I'm the intergroup liaison for the Marin County Howe meeting, and uh, that's part of my service. Uh, And I have other service positions that I do throughout the regular OA program. And I go to the OA meetings, the regular OA, the Howe OA, the Ebony OA, whatever it takes for me to get my absence, That's what I'm going to do. So I have, in, in the process of me being in this program, I've taught my family how to rotate their vegetables, and I also say rotate your vegetables because when I got that food list, there was food on there that I had never heard of. I did not know how to cook it, you know, and I thought, well, uh, do I find this in a cookbook? Well, of course, the cookbook's not going to give you the way of cooking it. You have to do a lot of experiment and not eat certain things. So it's important to rotate your vegetables. Some of us just get stuck on A, B, and C, and that's all we eat, and then it gets boring then you don't want it anymore. Then it tastes like straw, you know. So now you need to rotate that stuff around. And I found out too uh, in my program of abstinence, uh, I have arthritis. I have arthritis in my feet, knees, back, shoulder, hips, hands. And sometimes I could not walk. One year I had to do water aerobics because I couldn't get out on that trail and walk. And it, it works, water aerobics works. You have to do some type of movement. So don't, don't say that you're hurting so bad that you can't move. I mean, you can, if you can, you know, feed yourself, you can lift a weight. <laughs> I do this <laughs> in front of the TV. I'm sitting why so instead of, you know, what I used to do, I'm lifting the weight uh, sitting on the bed, whatever. So there's some kind of movement you can do, but you have to do movement. You have to have your food plan. Um, and that's, I know that you have to do that in order to, to release that weight. I have lost 189 pounds, and uh, thank you. I brought a pair of my pajamas to show you. I used to fit into these, and they were tight. This this is a size of 28, I think, and I'm down now to a 14, and, uh, and, I, and I was, you know, giving my clothes away. I had to go through the closet and donate the stuff out to Goodwill, which was really hard to do because I have nice clothes, and when I came across these, I said, I think I'll keep them in and, and uh, show these at meetings if I speak someplace because they're light enough and it doesn't it's not that weighty that I have to carry around, but these were my these were my pajamas, and uh, I could probably fit into one leg of them now i um I love this program i wish and and when we had that meeting last night and some people had been in here thirty years, God, why didn't I it's been thirty years? I've been trying to lose weight. I had twins 34 years ago. I've been trying to lose weight for 34 years and I did everything and nothing worked really, you know. Um, I wish I had, someone had mentioned this to me. I wish I had known about it. Um, I wish I had seen it advertised on a billboard or in a doctor's office or someplace. So I'm really into the outreach trying to pass the word on, uh, pass the message on. Uh, I went to, I went on a vacation last week and um, we had a grandparent's tea. And we brought the, the grandkids' pictures, you know. And one lady said, um, when I get home, I'm not going to eat for two weeks, you know. And um, and I said, well, I just lost a lot of weight, you know. And I showed her the grandparent's picture, which the first picture on that, that cover going around was it, and she says, how did you do that? And I said, oh, a," you know. And she didn't ask me anything else about it, so I didn't say anything <laughs> else about it. Because I don't feel like it's my job to push it. I mean, if, if it was if it was up to me, I would get a truck and load up all my neighbors, and they'd be sitting right here with me because they need to be here, you know. <laughs> but but a lot of us, we just don't find out about the program. It's, um, it, it's just really, really important um, for me to have my abstinence and to be with my family. And I want to tell you some of my miracles since I've been in this program. Since I've lost this weight... Um, I no longer have to take diabetic medicine, I'm a diabetic, I I control my diabetes by my food and by my exercise, I don't even have to do testing anymore. Um, I no longer have high blood pressure, I'm a professional driver and we have to take a physical with the DMV and if your blood pressure is a certain something, you know, if it's higher than that, you don't get your little certificate. When I feel the, the, the application out for of the DMV, my doctor says, oh, you no longer have high blood pressure. My cholesterol is like about 150. And when I first learned about cholesterol, it was almost 300. It was like, what's cholesterol? You know, this was years ago and you have to change your lifestyle, what you eat, how you eat. This is what you have to change to lower that cholesterol. So it's not like you can go on something for 30 days and get it down or take a pill and get it down. You have to work on this. Uh, my shoes. I, you remember I told you I had to donate all my clothes out? I went from a size 11 to a size 9.5 shoe. I was walking around work one day, and my shoe was flopping off my feet. And I thought, what's wrong with these shoes? And someone said, oh, you, well, you're going to have to buy some new shoes. Your feet went down. I said, you're kidding. And my feet went down to a 9.5, and, and I had to give away all my nice leather shoes. Uh, my ring size, uh, I'm engaged. I have a new ring. Thank you. I went from a size 9 to a size 7 on my ring finger. And on my wrist, my bracelet, so I always had to get the, the large to the 8 inch or whatever. I'm down to like a 6.5 inch. Uh, last week, my fiance got this little silver charm bracelet, and it was so small. He says, You'll probably have to give it to your granddaughter, Ashley. Well, Ashley is the skinniest granddaughter I got. She's 9 years old because he thought, Who else is it going to fit? And he put it on, and I have it on with the little fair room in there I was surprised uh, I went from a size 28 to a size 14 I then about a size 14 I wore all of my kids clothes then I started wearing my grandkids clothes and then as I continued to melt down I gave them back and then started buying my own because you don't want to start buying clothes a lot of them right away at first because you don't know where you're going to end up at and uh, I remember calling my grandchildren and I, was saying, I said, I need a pair of white pants. There's a picture in there with the uh, African-American Black Summit that we had at this hotel. And we spoke on the the Howe meeting in OA and all of the speakers we had to dressed in white. I didn't have anything white except a sweater and a pair of shoes. So I went to my granddaughter and I said, I need some white blue jeans. And she says, oh, Granny, you can't um, wear any of my clothes. And I said, honey, I'm on my way down there to look in your closet right now. And <laughs> I went down there and found a pair of blue jeans and wore them for a few weeks and then when I grew out of them, I gave them back uh, to her.
2: Uh,
3: let's see, I, um, yeah, I have 27 grandkids and I mentioned that I'm engaged with my fiance They told me I was going to have to start including his family and my family So Between the two of us, we have a dozen kids and 32 grandkids and one on the way. <laughs> And it's uh, it's it, it, it's so nice. I feel like a rich woman, you know, um, having all these grandkids. Because my my mother loved her grandchildren so much, and she only lived to see two of the great grandchildren. I think they was like uh, two and six months old, or something like that. And uh, she um, uh, and and I wanted the opportunity to see my kids grow up and the grandkids grow up. And to me, that's what it's all about. I've gone to three graduations this year so far. And I think next year we have about three of them. Because we have kids that are, like, turning the same age. I had um, there's a picture in that book of three babies born one summer. Well, another one was born that December, so I had about four or five. I got about five three-year-olds that are turning four. And they're really a little trip.
2: (laughs) you know. Because
3: I tell you, they come down to visit, give me a quick hug, and get away real quick before I grab them. And uh, Michael likes to play with my work flashlight, and he wants to examine my teeth. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) It, it's really—I mean, just the things whoever would have thought, you know. But one thing about this program, I don't have to worry about ever joining another diet club. I don't have to worry about ever spending any more money on um, the liquid diet food or their food that they that you have to eat and put a little water and it blows up and <laughs> choke it down and wonder what was it. You know, I—I um, <laughs> have to tell you this story, and then I'm, I'm going to close out. Um, I was doing the liquid diet thing, my last diet club, and it was a shake that you had to shake up. And I don't know what liquid I had in there to shake it up. I don't know if it was water or maybe a soda or something. But anyway, I was shaking it up on the Golden Gate Bridge and the top exploded and stuff got all over me, all inside the car. I was dressed in black and I had this white milky stuff all over me and when I got to my office in the city, uh, my service, and said, what happened to you? And, and I lied. I said, well, I was going down the street, and a bunch of kids threw a mall on me just through the window. <laughs> I didn't want anyone to know that I was on a liquid diet, and I was stoop to do something like this to try to lose weight. So he says, well, let me clean you off. And he started taking a rag to clean me off, and he had to clean my car out and all of this stuff. But to me, that was out of all uh, and I have heard about these things happening on airplanes where people are trying to eat the liquid stuff and and explode it on your next door neighbor that you're sitting next to. I'm so glad that I don't have to go through that. I'm eating real food. I have learned how, as an African American, I've learned how to to blend my spices and how to cook uh, low-fat, non-fat, how to make my food taste good. Because when I first walked into the room of OA, personally, I looked at all the people. I said, how are these people going to show me how to cook my chicken and it's not going to taste like wood, you know? (laughs) I I still have all my flavors, and I've just experimented with the spices and the different things. um, And it it comes out just as fine. I could probably fix you a meal, and you probably think it was full of everything, and it's not. So that's just, and I'm teaching my kids how to do this. And that's the big thing, because if you can start with the little ones, and... Teach them how to eat properly in the beginning, then maybe they won't grow up with my problem or with our problem. And that's kind of the way I looked at it. I'm trying to give them a lease on life to get ahead in life and uh, to eat eat like a normal person and uh, to have good nutritionist type food and not fill up with the junk food and then later try to choke down a a green bean. So um, uh, I'm really happy with this program. This is the program. Uh, You don't ever, ever, ever have to go anyplace else. You just find a meeting. If the meeting you go to, you don't like it, keep going to some meetings. Because we are suggested in this program to try at least six meetings before you decide if this is for you. If one meeting isn't your flavor, go to another one. You will find your home meeting. When I first walked into these rooms and somebody said, welcome home, welcome to OA, I really felt like I had been lost in the world and I finally found my way back home. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much, Laverna. That was great. I'd like to remind everyone that we are passing the Ask It Basket around. Please write down your questions so after the last speaker we can have some um, questions and answers and then we'll do some open sharing. Our third speaker is Kath ellen I would like to introduce her to
2: everybody.
4: Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. My name is Kath ellen I'm a compulsive overeater and sugar addict. Hi, everybody. Would you raise your hand if you've already been to a, a HOW OA meeting? Would you raise your hand if you've never been to a HOW OA meeting? okay that's great about half and half it looks like Um, I started in uh, well I'm a fat person and I'm going to pass around my fat picture I am a fat person I'll always be a fat person but I got this new body at how OA so here's my fat picture to pass around Um, I started OA with how OA and I've been abstinent for two years the first six months, I released 65 pounds. I started at 207 pounds, and now I've been 142 for one and a half years, and it's pretty amazing to me to step on the scale every Friday morning and see that it's 142 when I eat different stuff every week, but it always turns out to be 142 because it's weighed and measured and according to the program. I'm going to read from the 12 and 12 of Anonymous. Who cares to admit complete defeat? Could everybody say, admit complete defeat?
5: <laughs>
4: Practically no one, of course. Every natural instinct cries out against the idea of personal powerlessness. That really got me. And I read that somebody's expecting me to admit complete defeat over and over and over again, and that's why I came to Away. I was big and I was sick and I was scared I was going to die and I was scared I was killing myself. So it was admitting for the first time I'm a compulsive overeater. It got me there. But upon entering Howay. We soon take quite another view of this absolute humiliation everybody repeat absolute humiliation again we perceive that only through utter defeat are we able to take our first steps toward liberation and strength our admissions of personal powerlessness finally turn out to be firm bedrock upon which happy and purposeful lives may be built. Isn't that wonderful? I'm so thrilled that our speakers this morning have told us about the firm bedrock that they have and their happy and purposeful lives. We also read the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm turning to chapter 5. Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like what happened and what we are like now if you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it then you are ready to take certain steps do you want what we have when i walked into my first Tao meeting i thought wow look at this ten slim ladies sitting in a circle talking about their program and they were slim and i thought I want that. Willing to go to any lengths to get it. And then they passed around these little sheets in the Howl meeting that said, well, we no longer eat sugar or flour. And I thought, what kind of crazy people are these? I'd never heard of anybody who didn't eat sugar and flour. So I got really scared and went home and freaked out and ate everything in my apartment that had sugar and flour. (laughs) Cleaned it out. Went back in four days and signed up. If you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. Would you repeat these words? Willing to go to any length.
5: Because
4: we don't know what it's going to be. They're going to ask us different things, and we have to say, yeah, I'll try anything. At some of these we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. I tried lots of programs before this. I could name them all and they'd all ring familiar to you. Uh, I tried inspiration. I tried prayer. I tried exercise. I tried brand name programs. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil, until we let go absolutely. I'm going to talk about two key words that are important to me in how OA. Vague, which is how I was. I was vague about food. I was real vague about food because If somebody said to me, are you eating healthy? I'd say, yeah, I'm eating healthy. I eat fruits and vegetables and all healthy stuff. You know, I get my proteins and stuff. If they'd say, well, what did you eat today? It would be real hard for me to tell in the old days because I was kind of like eating all day long and grazing and I didn't really know amounts. I never really measured. And I knew I ate healthy food and I knew I ate, but I was vague. And in the HAL program, one of our key words is structured, and you've heard that already this morning from our other speakers. HAL calls itself a structured approach. So I'm going to tell you about how I used to be vague, and now I live with structure. Everybody, would you just take a second, and in your mind, would you make a picture of a structure? Picture what that word structure brings to mind for you. What picture do you get? Okay, try and get a visual, a visual aid. Of what structure means a picture of what that looks like got it okay here's my structure this is the structure I'm going to use this for my structure of how OA it's like a grid it's like rows and columns it's very organized but it stretches and sometimes they're different shapes and sometimes little holes are bigger and sometimes little holes are skinnier so all my friends in how OA we all do things a little bit differently because it stretches differently for different people and uh, it's still very structured and organized the first part of this structure is my meal plan every day I have a meal plan this is my real actual real life meal plan for today you see this pink paper folded in a narrow strip the first section has breakfast the next section has lunch the bottom section has dinner and if I open the whole thing you see my other meal plans for the last two days and that it's blank for tomorrow. The fourth section is still blank because I haven't made it out yet. But I have a meal plan every day. I make it at night when I open the fridge and see what's there and what I can use tomorrow. Sometimes I make it for four days if I have to go on a trip or like this convention, I, I made it a few days at a time. I have a meal plan, and I phone it into my sponsor first thing every morning. 6.30 every morning, I phone in my meal plan. So guess what? I'm not vague. If anybody asks me what I eat, I say, just a second, I'll read it off to you. And I don't have to keep this in my head because it's written. And I'm unconcerned about where my next meal is coming from and what it's going to be. All day long I go blissfully unaware of what my food is going to be until I get near lunchtime. And about 11.30 I start thinking, gee, I wonder what's for lunch. I know it's going to be good and I know it's going to be a lot. Because this meal plan, the Hal Plan, is made for large people. So we get a lot of food. This is not a skinny woman's diet. I've done those, and I never could do those for life. But I'm here for life, and I'm going to do it because I get a lot of food. You want to know my meals? Come up and see me after. You can read my meal plan. Or meet me for lunch. We'll go. We'll find a place where you can eat your bag lunch. There's got to be a room here, and we'll eat together. Um, I bring my bag lunch when I go places, and I often carry this. If I go to a banquet or a friend's house or a potluck or anything, I bring my own food. I bring all my own food. And then if they have food I can eat at the restaurant at my friend's house, then I eat their food. But if I can't eat their food, then I have my own food for backup. And I'm not at the mercy of anything because I'm responsible now, and I take responsibility. I take it very seriously. The next thing is vague about feelings. Not only was I vague about what I did eat and didn't eat, I was really vague about why. Why do you eat? Why do I eat? Well, I ate when I was happy, and I ate when I was sad, and I ate when I was frustrated, and I ate when I was mad, and I ate when I was lonely, and I ate when I was tired, and I ate for every single occasion that there is a none, and it was all vague, and I couldn't have told you. I didn't really know my feelings. But in this structured approach, the How Program, we get questions, as our other speakers have mentioned, we get questions from our sponsor that we have to put down in writing. And we have to read it the next day on the phone. So I have lots and lots of notebooks and file folders and binders of all the stuff I've been writing. And sometimes people burn their writing. I haven't burned mine yet. When it's time I'll burn it, but I still need to look back at it and see how I felt when I first started and see how I answered that question. So I have pages and pages and pages. And guess what? I'm learning how to feel. Because I didn't really know how to name my feelings. So sometimes I walk around the house and I think, gee, wish I could eat something. And then I ask myself, Kath Ellen, what are you feeling right now? And I go, oh, I don't know. The little girl inside doesn't want to name it because maybe it's not a pretty picture. Maybe it's not nice. Maybe it's not happy and cheerful. And where I grew up, you were supposed to be happy and cheerful. There was no other name. So I'm learning the names about anger and lonely. And sad and grieving and loss and all the different kinds of feelings that there are frustrated anxious all kinds of things I'm learning those feelings and then I write it out and then I feel better I have a daily phone call to my sponsor and I make other outreach calls too and people call me so there are a lot of phone calls the telephone is really the lifeline because (laughs) When I have the lifeline, I feel connected. And if we feel isolated, that's why people have suicides. I read the front page of the paper two days ago. This famous lady, Chancellor of University of California, Santa Cruz, jumped to her death. And I can guess a lot of her feelings. Too bad she didn't tell. I'm a lot like her in a lot of ways. Too bad she didn't have the lifeline that we have. We have lots of lists. Here's a list Here's a list of all the Ho-A- How OA sponsors that you can call in the area where I live. It uh, hangs on this little hunt, punch hole on the top. I have a nail on the wall next to my phone, and it just hangs on that little nail on the wall. I can call any of these people anytime. A lot of them don't know me, but every meeting I go to, I write down people's names. And at the beginning, it was really hard for me to phone. But I knew you had to, and my sponsor said, you make them those three calls a day, and I thought why and he said because you have to and i learned that we have to say to somebody i'm alive i'm alive and if i want to be cheerful i can say hi um this is kath ellen uh, i'm abstinent today my day is going well so i just wanted to leave you that message thanks for listening bye and i do that once a week to all the people that i see in my meetings so i call everybody that i see once a week so they hear me at meeting and then they get their message once a week so after two years they're kind of used to me you know and it's kind of used to me like if I ever needed them I would have them and sometimes I say like I'm having a problem with my mother yeah I know again and I just wanted to say that much and uh, maybe I'll tell you if I connect and then if they are home I'll say well my sister said this do you think that's normal what would how would a normal person react because I'm having these feelings What would normal feelings be for a reaction, and how would other people handle this? And after I go through like six phone calls, you know, I have six different strategies I could try with my sister, and I try them. And it's really helpful to have that input from other people. When I started this program, I knew I was going to have to make some changes so I have this nice little song here I'm going to sing to you you can sing if you want
6: today I am creating
5: a new history a new history a new record of my relation to food today I am creating a new history a new history a new record of my relation to food because i love myself because i love myself because i love
4: myself well i made that up for myself <clears throat> thanks i made it up for myself because i realized i'm starting something brand new it's going to be a new history. Now, where did I put it? Somewhere on this table. Well, I don't see where I put it. I have a whole thick folder. Okay, pretend I have a whole thick folder of all the menus I've ever written. They're usually on pink papers because you know how you put something down you can't find it? So I make it on pink so I can find it. <laughs> so I have like uh, 200 of these papers now uh, that have all my new history. And I am a, a compulsive overeater and sugar addict, and I am a fat person but I now have a record of my new history this is how I eat now and I used to like fried foods and all those other things but there are ways you can make it taste good and so on as Laverna said it's nice to have the new history so I look at that and I think I'm no longer vague I have a structured history of my progress so far whether you're on day one or day 10, or day 25, whatever day you're on, you have a history too. So look at that history with pride and think that's part of the structure. I'm an addict. I really love food. And as the big book says, this addiction is two-way. It's physical and it's mental. I love food with my heart and soul, which is mental-emotional, but my body is wired the wrong way because my sister eats this way and she's skinny. So my body is wired in the addict way. So I have to eat this way or I'll die. It's that important to me. It's it's really critical that I eat this way. The lucky thing is that I found this program which gives me abundance. In the old days, I used to think I used to think that I would have to be deprived if I went on a diet and every diet I ever went on deprived me. The first diet I went on when I was in seventh grade was the grapefruit and cottage cheese diet. And that's all I ate for two weeks. And obviously that's deprived. And there are other things that are also deprived. But this is not deprived. This is a program of abundance. My new life is rainbow colored. This is all the food I get to eat. I typed it out on, on little magnets and so I can stick it to the fridge but I brought it on this cookie tray. So each of the foods here on, on the pink magnets these are all the proteins I can eat these are all the vegetables I can eat on green magnets and on yellow magnets these are all the fruits I can eat except I think a few of them dropped off and on the back if I had been able to pack it in my suitcase are all the grains and um, uh, sprouted breads that we eat so we have this much variety in food and if you come up and look at this you can ask yourself have I eaten them all yet and is there real variety in my program? So I look at them, and I think, you know, I haven't had da for a couple of weeks. I think I oh, will. It's kind of high in cholesterol, but, you know, once every two months, I'm going to have it so that I don't ever feel deprived. I was vague about friends. I wasn't really sure who I could call on for help. But, you know, this net I showed you at the beginning, this net that a, a bag of oranges came in, this net. This net, this grid, this structure that is OA, how OA program, this is a safety net for me. It's like I'm on a high wire aerial artist. And this is a safety net that catches me. I have so many friends now. They've heard me on the phone for two years. I had this hard thing to ask my apartment manager and I was so scared to ask because I was sure the answer would be no. So I didn't ask because I was too afraid. My little girl inside is very nervous. So I phoned a, a Howaway friend and I said, you know, this is the situation and I have to ask and I'm so scared. I wonder if you would stand with me when I go knock on his door. And I have other options too. And so I got this message back on my machine that said, yes to everything. She said, put on my phone machine, I hear you. I hear your predicament. Yes, I will stand with you. Yes, I will do da-da-da-da. And I thought, Wow. I'm saving that message. Nobody in my whole life ever said to me, yes to everything. Isn't that a cool answer? I needed a drive to the doctor because I was going to have a little surgery on my hand and they said, you can't drive home and you're not allowed to take transit. And I thought, what's up with that? So I said, okay, I'll make 20 program calls until I find somebody who will drive me home from the doctor. The first one said, of course, we're family. So this structure that looks so organized as up and down rows and columns is really my safety net. It's a grid that catches me so I never need to fall again. Okay, got the five-minute call there. <laughs> and I want you to know that you're in it with me too. You're part of my safety net just by your physical presence here today. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I got this coin, this medallion, they call it a chip but it's real heavy. It's made of metal. It's my two-year congratulations award for being in OA. And the meeting that I went to, it was so special. Um, I, I received this, and then I sat down at my place, and I was staring at it. And the lady next to me interrupted the, the share that was going on. She said, sorry for interrupting. You can just. I just wanted to say about that chip. Well, we have this tradition. When somebody gets a chip, then... Um, We pass it around the whole circle and each person gets to hold it between their two hands, cupped in their hands, and you look at the person who got their award and you give them a big smile and then you make a wish for them in their recovery. And so I sat at that table with about 15 people and watched my coin going around and everybody put it between their two hands, cupped. And then they gave me this sweet sweet and delicious smile it was so fulfilling so filling like food would be filling and it was really satisfying and so then they went on to the next person and i got this great wonderful rich smile of somebody looking right at me making me a wish and i thought you know in my whole life i've never had a birthday where i felt that special and that honored and that treasured in the room want to play here's my chip and thanks for being part of my life for today and I just love it if you pass it around. Think of yourselves, too. Think of all of us in this room. Think of what we've earned so far and where we're headed and how it's so precious. We don't want to lose it. It's like a, like a bronze medal in our pocket that we keep all the time. You know, one reason I ate and one reason I was fat, some of my feelings are I'm scared. I'm scared of a lot of things. I'm going to read this passage that means so much to me because in the program I'm finding out who I am. I was scared to be who I am. I was scared to stand up and be my own self. I was scared to tell anybody anything. And on the phone I'm learning to tell. They're not always those vague calls. Sometimes I'm very specific about my needs with my apartment manager or whatever. And it's wonderful to be able to tell who I am with all my flaws. And in all my mistakes, and all the ways I blow it, and people keep coming back and they accept me. So I'd like to read this passage. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. I'm going to interrupt before I read the next part. See, I was wearing that weight because I didn't really want people to look at me. You know how you look at an overweight person. You just glance and go, okay, that's nobody important and they're large and they're not pretty or whatever. And I carried that weight as a shield because I didn't want to be myself because I was so afraid to shine. And I told my group, my How OA group, when I started, I said, you know, I have body issues. I've worn this fat this tank as a barrier because of my sexual abuse as a child and I didn't want anybody ever to reach for me again. So I built a body nobody would ever reach for and I'm going to be real nervous when I start losing weight and my breasts start showing and all this. So um, I told it right out and I'm going to finish the passage. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented and fabulous you are a child of God. Your playing small doesn't serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear and that, Our presence automatically liberates others by Marianne Williamson in the book, A Return to Love. So I brought one for everybody to pass out because I want you to remember today and this session and who you are and find the freedom from fear that made us all eat at one time or another. Thanks for being in my life today.
0: Um, it is now time for the ask a basket questions. Can somebody bring me the basket? Let's see if we have any questions. first one is how do I keep my program fresh and my faith strong after being in program a while it's not addressed to any speaker, so um, maybe both of you can answer it
5: I would say to keep your-
0: thank you and one of the questions is there any how meetings in San Jose which I think there's several of them so we can help you with that after the meeting in your experience in your area, is there a strong connection between how and regular OA? What
4: was the question?
0: The question was, um, I get it exactly right here. In your experience in your area, is there a strong connection between how and regular OA?
4: I go to both meetings. I go to how meetings and OA meetings, and I I have heard that there's some rivalry or there's some criticism, but that hasn't been my experience. So the people in my regular OA group know that I'm Howe, and I mentioned to the Howe people that I go to OA. So I just think that we're all family, and we all have the same Overeaters Anonymous 12 and 12 books, and uh, we have the same goals, and I want to be a bridge builder with my family, and keep the love in the family.
0: How do you deal with cooking for other people?
3: Well, I can answer that. They eat my food. I had to cook uh, for Father's Day at my (coughs) church, and I did a brunch, and I did all the food. And I thought, well, well, I cook for these people. Well, they will eat my food. And I cooked it, and they ate it. And it was okay, and they didn't know. Especially for my, my family, I cook my food because if I'm going to have to sit down and share that, I'm not going to say, well, here's your potato and here's mine. I cook my food and they eat it. And this is the, the, the beauty of the program is that you learn how to season your foods up and make them taste good where it doesn't taste like a diet food. It doesn't taste like wood.
0: How do you find time to work your program? exercise and job, going to three meetings a week, and writing, Oh, and oh, I get stressed out.
3: Well, for me, um, it's a lifestyle. Doing my food plan, writing it down, calling it in, doing my exercise, doing my writing, going to work, it's a lifestyle. I would not be able to go to work and If I didn't have my program in place first, that's my priority. That's the first thing that I do. And if I didn't do that, I couldn't go to work and be normal. I would be mean to everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, and so in order for me to go to work and be a nice person, Laverna has to stick with that program first because it's my lifesaver. This is what's going to save my life and let me grow to live in 100 or whatever. Uh, And so you just, you, you have to make, you organize, you get structured as Kath Ellen mentioned, you get structured and you make plans. And you say, They said if you don't plan, you, if you don't plan your day out or your meal out, you plan to fail or you fail to plan. and Or if you fail to plan, you, well you all know what I'm talking yeah. about, right? <laughs> so this is what you have to do. And a lot of times, uh, like Kath Ellen says, we're very vague, just kind of drifting through life. So you, you structure yourself and you make your priorities. And you say, this is what's important and this is what I have to do. And, so forth and so on, and you just take baby steps at first, and uh, and this is what you have to do. And eventually, when you get clear of the sugar and flour, you can think clearly, and you you will be able to get that structure. And if you can't, you have the phone list. You can call someone and ask them, "How do I do this?" And you can speak with your sponsor, and everyone is willing to help you. Okay, thank you. So I'd like to
2: answer
4: mm-hmm. that one too. Can you read the question exactly? Please?
2: Okay. okay.
0: How do you find the time to work your program, exercise, and go to three meetings a week in writing? I get stressed out.
4: Everybody repeat after me, I don't have time. I don't don't have have time. time. Do you ever say that? Like at home or at work, do you ever say I don't have time? Well, we all have time, and what we have to do is make choices. It's really hard to make choices. How takes a lot of time. Everybody say that. How takes a lot of time. So when I, when I first came, I told you the first meeting I went to freaked me out, and so I went and ate sugar and flour and got that out of my system. And Four days later, I was back for my next meeting and signed up, started day one, because I knew I needed to do this. And I had been preparing to come. I just didn't know it was going to be this hard. But I had been preparing to give the whole month of June to this program. It took me six hours a day for that whole month of June. It takes time and my other option was death Mm -hmm. so do you want to die or do you want to give six hours to how it was pretty clear for me that I had to change I had to change my whole life I changed the furniture in my house Mm -hmm. no TV where the dining table is and no uh, piles of books and magazines where the dining table I changed everything it's going to take change it's going to take a lot of courage to do this You're going to have to give up stuff. You're going to have to give up whatever it is you're doing, TV or computer games or video games or whatever. So what do you want? You want to live or you want to die? It's going to take a lot of time. I don't have time? Okay, then you can not have this program. You're not willing to go to any lengths? Tough tough beanies or whatever. (laughs) Tough (laughs) (laughs) fringoles. So it's going to take a lot of time and we just have to do it. Do we have the courage to say to people, I don't watch TV anymore? The truth is I don't watch TV anymore. The truth is my program phone calls take two hours every morning. My spiritual time with God, my reading, my writing, my phone calls, two hours every morning. So if I get up at 5.30 in the morning, everybody should jot this down. What time do you go to bed? Because this is how I have the people that I sponsor start. What time do you go to bed? I tell them I go to bed at 9 o'clock. They go, oh. (laughs) Okay, so whatever time you go to bed, write it down and then back up from there. So I have to be in bed by 8 o'clock because i got to start writing my 10th step and write what I did during the day and any events and I also have to keep track of my finances because I used to be very vague about finances and I'm getting that cleaned up so it's very structured. So I have, and I have to plan my menus for the next day so I crawl in bed at 8 o'clock. So then I have to make sure I brush my teeth by 7 o'clock so you back up and you back mm-hmm. up and you realize there's not a lot of playtime and somebody said to me, wait. You know, where's your time for entertainment, huh? <laughs> well, of course, you know, I do find I have a nice life and I do a lot of fun things and I have great friends and I get physical activity. But, but we're going to have to give up stuff that the mass media and the modern culture doesn't maybe believe in. So do you want it or not? What about the any-links
2: business? Mm, thank you very much. <laughs>
0: much. It's now time for open um, sharing. We have two more questions and um, I'm sure if you come out after the meeting that one was to discuss the maintenance plan and does the house plan cost money? No. And it is written down. It is clear. And you get it from a sponsor. So we're we're ready for three minute pitches. If anyone would like to share, come up to the mic. Um, We need you to sign this form because this is being taped. Since I'm up here, I'm going to share. I'll sign in a second. My name is Julie, and I'm a critical-level food addict. Um, Hi,
5: Julie.
0: I came to Howe November of 2004. I've released 93 pounds, Um, and it's been awesome. Uh, I, too, was very vague. Um, Howe was very structured and disciplined, and I need that because I don't know what a moderate meal is. I have to weigh and measure because a cup could be this big in my head. And I I got 268 pounds because I didn't know boundaries. Um, I was in OA the first time probably about 20 years ago and I lost 100 pounds and then I thought I had it. So I I went away. And during, you know, this is 20 years ago, we used to make fun of house people because they were like so strict and So when I I tried every diet out there again, and my husband said, you know, when I met you, you were in OA and you were so calm. He didn't, you know, he never said anything about my weight. He married me thin and then I got obese, but never said anything. But he knew I was happier. I was more serene. So he said, why don't you look at OA again? Of course, I got mad. And then I decided, okay, I'll go. And I walk into, I live in Auburn, so I found a meeting, and it was how. And I went, oh, my God. God, what am I, you know, I really can't stay here. i got to leave. But I stayed, and I listened. And then I went back, and I stayed, and I listened. And it's like, I want what they have. Yes, the weight loss is great, and I'm not done yet, but that's only one-third of the program. I have changed so much in my life. I am a nicer person. But I know, without a doubt, that I can't eat sugar and white flour. I tried it once, about three, four weeks ago. And that's why I couldn't speak here, because I had broken my, my, my abstinence. And it was just as bad as it was two years ago. And um, this how is awesome. Um, it saved my life. Um, and I go to regular OA meetings sometimes, too, because, there's a, you know, we're all here to recover. And um, it's an awesome program, and I need the structure because I am big without it. Who would like to share next?
7: I'm Diane compulsive overreater. Hi, Hi Diane. Diane. Well, if I was not convinced, I am convinced now. Hearing these women share and uh, hearing what they had to say, um, it's amazing and I feel so much um, in the program right now because I've been in the program in uh, the year 2000 and I've lost the pounds and I went out of the program because maybe, well not maybe, I know that I wasn't um, in it as I am now because I went out and I went back to my old habits and uh, I gained all the way back plus and plus. And then I came in California about two years ago and I've been in house since uh, October 2005 and uh, I lost pounds and I had a slip in January because I went back to Montreal and I wanted to be a normal person. And. Um, and then, but I I went back to how right away because I knew it was the answer, and I feel now that uh, what the what we have here is so um, amazing, and we need the structure. I need the structure. I need the discipline, and I need the help of the, the people in how to make to make my days better. So I'm very grateful. I'm a grateful food addict in recovery and uh, that's it I'm very happy to be here and happy to know all of you thank you
6: My name's Lavinia, compulsive overeater. Hi, Lavinia. This is my first convention, and this is just so wonderful, um, hearing everybody's stories. And um, I've been kind of in a place. I came to OA in September of 2005, and, um, you know, I had that, um, that willingness to go to any lengths when I came into the program. And it's, um, I'd say probably the last two months or so. It's, I'm, I'm trying to get that back because I found myself going away from that. Where and, and I kept asking myself and my sponsor, and it's like where is that willingness to go to any lengths that I had in the beginning? That drive, you know, and um, being here, it, it's, it's like brought all that back. And I am just really grateful to be here. And um, thank you for this program.
8: I'm Joanne, a recovering compulsive overeater. And um, I hate speaking in fireworks, so I'm doing it. one of the things that that I heard are, our, our, and I'm really grateful for our speakers here that talked today, um, one of the things for me was the part about, you know, structure. Well, as long as I get success, like when I came into OA and I would start getting a little bit of success trying to describe what an abstinence would be for me, um, trying to have a food plan trying to figure out, with the help of a sponsor, how to work the steps, I get a little success. When I get that little success, it becomes the half measures, because then the discipline would disappear. You know, I'm doing well, so then the meetings fall off, I start cheating a little bit on what I can eat, and pretty soon I'm right back where I started, or worse, as we know, because the weight would go up. And um, we moved to California about a year ago um, from New Orleans <laughs> and Katrina just helped me make a decision sooner. We had planned to move out here with our three-year-old grandson anyway. And uh, it was sort of like the higher power said, move. <laughs> uh, so the decision came a little easier. Well, I really had never heard of how, and um, I came out here and as I've heard, you know, I wanted what those people had in that room that I was in regular OA and I had done fairly well, um, but they had more. I wanted to take my program to that level, fear. (laughs) Then the fear comes in and I want to give up sugar and flour, you know, I don't want to do. And I was sitting in a how meeting and it's it's like one of those spiritual awakenings. The idea came to me, what if? What if I'm willing to try? What have I lost? What have I risked? Because I can still come to OA. They're not going to turn me away and say, you bad person, you failed, you know, you couldn't do it. You know what I gave up? I didn't give up flour and sugar. I gave up the craving. I gave up the craziness. I'm one of the people that had a car wreck after, you know, having sugar with something that we weren't supposed to have driving home, and I literally had a car wreck because of uh, the sugar, you know, the, the drop in the in um, the sugar in my body. So I didn't give up anything. I have gained so much, and so many wonderful things have happened. And, you know, it's, it, it's the same adage I tell myself every day. It's not what happens. It's what we do with it. So, you know, all I, all I can say is, the risk for me to to walk through that door and try the program. And the sponsors have helped so much. I could not have done that because they help you over the hard spots when you get in there. Thank you. you. It's time to close. Um,
0: I'd like to thank the speakers and everyone who shared. Okay. Please stand and join hands as we close the meeting with the OA Promise.